Welcome to the Frontline Freedom Adventure Therapy Podcast, where we discuss outdoor recreation, mental health, and the numerous mental health benefits that come from being outdoors in nature. This is Dave, and today with me, I have two of our board members, Josh Eldridge and Jason Hughes. Well, first, thanks for taking the time out of your day to uh, record the podcast. I know it's been forever with COVID restrictions and holidays and everything. It makes it a little bit difficult for us to all get together, but thank you guys so much for doing that. And today we're going to talk about stress and not only stress that comes from job-related stressors, but also organizational stressors and how they tie into our overall health and wellness. And I think as a nonprofit that deals with um, mental health component, particularly of frontline workers, there's a lot of personality similarities across that industry. So whether you're in police, fire, um, healthcare, um, dispatching, you know, a social worker, there's usually a lot of underlying um, personality similarities and Um, Studies have shown that stress can lead to job dissatisfaction, and dissatisfaction is a sliding scale, but the problem is when we start getting into dissatisfaction, it kind of changes the way that we actually perform our jobs and can move us further down that dissatisfaction scale to where we start feeling miserable and we just hate coming to work. So, you know, I know in our industry, the thing I hear a lot is, as soon as I can retire or as soon as I can leave, I'm going to do it. So. I guess I pose this question to to you two guys. Have you heard that in at your collective work groups? Yeah, I can answer that first, uh, especially that last sentence. And then my caveat to that is I ask him, why is it that you're tying an event with your happiness or less stress? It's almost like they're saying, hey, I'll be happy or less stressed when ABC. And I'm like, well, why can't we let's think about some things that we can do right now to change that philosophy. That way we're not waiting, you know, a week, five weeks, a month, two years. So yes, I have heard that uh, several times. Uh, Yeah. I've heard that more times than I can shake a stick at. Quite frankly, I'm, I'm the guy that says it. And, you know, I, I applaud you for admitting that, especially here on a public platform. But um, I think that's part of the reason I wanted to bring that up as one of our podcast topics, because it's not something that's, um, you know, unique to one group or another. I, I think so many people have that idea. They don't realize where that feeling's coming from. And a lot of that comes directly from stress. And the more research that's done on stress, we find that it's directly tied into um, life satisfaction and our general overall health and wellness. Um, and I think when we start looking at exactly what stress is, that's when it becomes less scary and we can start managing it um, to kind of help our emotional resources stay intact. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I definitely think it's a mindset issue. Um, at times, though, you know, this job, it, it can feel like uh, you get attacked from all sides, and you just, you just want to live a normal life or what you deem as a normal life. Yeah, and I'm glad that you just said that exact sentence because that kind of bleeds right into what the next point is when we talk about what actual stress is and why do we feel it, and why does it lead to job dissatisfaction. So I want you to think back to when you were brand new on the job. Did you feel the way that you do right now? No, absolutely not. What, if you can describe it, what, what do you think you felt mostly? Um, when I was new to the job, you know, it was fun. It was exciting. Um, quite frankly, I probably would have done it for free. Um, every day was different. Um, you still felt that you could make a difference in some capacity, whether it was, you know, w- within the communities that you serve, within your specific agency, um, 
you know, just honestly, just across the board, you know, even within the judicial system, you know, as time grows, you know, through your career, as time continues on, it starts eroding away that belief system. It, at least, you know, I can only speak for me. It did for me. Now, do you think that that's just law enforcement specific? Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I, I really don't know. I I don't have any experience, whether it's with the fire service or em- emergency medicine or the ER. Um, I, I would assume, I can guess, uh, I would say probably not because I'm assuming they face very similar stresses, just, you know, similar in the fact of how it affects us emotionally. Maybe it's different set of circumstances, but emotionally the response is or physiologically is probably the same. So I would assume they're probably very similar in that capacity. Yeah. So I kind of baited you into this part of it. Um, would it be odd if I told you that it's not just frontline worker specific? It's across all of corporate America. Every company known to man has these exact same feelings. Uh, would I be surprised? Uh, yes and no. Um, I mean, no in the capacity that, you know, if they've never experienced, say, you know, something as extreme as doing a death notification <clears throat> or, you know, a, a friend who's going through some very serious struggles. You know, I can only assume the stresses they have in their work, their employment are significant to them. Um, I think based on experiences, what you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The the weight that it carries in your personal life. You know, if you've never been to, say, a fatal accident or been to or on the scene of a critical incident, uh, you, you know what I mean? If, if so, I, I, you know, I'm sure the stress feels the same. I don't, and maybe this is wrong of me for saying, but I don't think you can compare the experiences. No, you can't. And, but, the thing that I want uh, people that listen to this to understand is that stress is stress. Um, you know, whether it comes from being deployed or whether it comes from going through a divorce and you've never um, been on the front lines of anything, say you're an accountant, um, that's still stress and your body doesn't know the difference between those two stressors. Uh, it's just the intensity and frequency at which it occurs, especially for our frontline workers. That's really the biggest difference there. And I know Jason's probably chomping at the bit to, jump in here and it's a little difficult because we're remote but feel free at any time right i mean that's a good point it's to realize that stress comes in many different forms so when i retired in 2019 after doing the same job for 22 years in the military i pretty much knew what my mission was it was either a wartime mission or a peacetime mission but i knew what it was but when i left the military mindset it was very ambiguous uh what the civilian sector was going to look like. But being in the mental health industry, I, I mean, I love it. Obviously, there is a lot of stress that involves with that because it specializes in stress management. Um, so, yeah, and it, but it's and it's, it can be stressful too. Now, I do. I'm, I'm fortunate. I love my job and I've only been there basically almost a year. So how I felt, how I feel now in comparison to how I felt on the last, you know, two to three years of my military career, obviously it's significantly different because the other ones, I, w- I was on the downslope. Now I'm going back up the hill with this career. However, I have a fresh perspective of what I'm doing. So I'm, I feel like I'm able to identify the stressors a lot faster than when I did when I was younger. 
mainly because maybe it's because the industry I'm in. Sure. And I really like that last little part that you said about fresh perspective. And I'm going to try to circle back to that in a few minutes, but that was an important thing to keep in mind. So what we kind of alluded to is that stress is stress. Um, you know, some, some of us experience it more frequently than others, and it's certainly much more intense depending on what the situation is. But at the end of the day, stress is stress. And it can lead to us feeling dissatisfied. And what happens is we start getting on this sliding scale and eventually we hit a point and I'm going to pose a question to see if anyone has ever felt this. Have you ever felt like you've lost your purpose in life or <laughs> you've gone to work and said to yourself, what's the point of all this? I'm just going through the motions. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, if I got paid for the amount of times I've had that feeling, I would be a lot better off. I guess my goal for frontline freedom in particular is to kind of get rid of the stigma that sometimes surrounds mental health by maybe making it less scary and understanding that, um, you know, the experiences that we have are incredibly normal and it's not something that uh, we need to not talk about. And you'd be surprised how many other people probably feel the same way. But what happens is when you're new, Josh, we, we talked about this a few minutes ago. When you were new, you felt like you'd do it for free. Absolutely. And a lot of that is directly related to how much you're challenged at the job mm -hmm. um, as well as um, your prospects of your future. Yes. Now, you fast forward 20 years and you've been doing the same job for 20 years. What what ends up happening? What's your mental state end up being like? Um, you know, I... I've been fortunate in a lot of capacities, but, uh, you know, I can speak to this, I guess, a couple times throughout my career. You know, where I'm currently assigned now has, I guess, reinvigorated me, giving me my sense of purpose back. And I know, you know, going back to, say, 2016, Dave, when you know that, you know, um, for me is when I hit rock bottom. Um, I completely lost what I deemed as my identity. Um, more importantly, and I didn't realize this at the time, was lost my sense of purpose. You know, the assignment I had leading up to that, I completely dedicated myself to. I just, I threw myself into it. Um, when I kind of realized maybe the stress of the assignment was beginning to get to me and maybe I should move on to greener pastures. You know, when I did, um, looking back, of course, it's easy to see now, but when the initial assignment I had when I was working around an incredible group of people that were, I would say, family almost and then i went to an assignment where i was predominantly by myself is really when i tanked and looking back i think i had used that team environment or those friendships that i forged um i was kind of using those guys and didn't realize that they were my support system that kept me on my feet and then when i lost all of that and then got my badge and gun taken you know because i was i was not emotionally healthy for by any stretch of the means um, I lost, in my mind, I lost everything. And what I had learned, you know, the job became almost like Groundhog Day. And I didn't have a sense of purpose. I didn't find the importance in what I was doing. Fast forward, you know, when I went back to patrol, which is, you know, for what we, Dave and I do, is about as basic as it gets. I found the love for the job again because rather than, you know, how fast can you drive? You know, how many cool stories can you come with? I actually found enjoyment in something as simple as, say, a disabled vehicle and where I actually got to help somebody. And that slowly started helping me. Um, and I think the change was I learned of, I learned empathy again. Um, 
I had lost that over the years, whether it was callousness or, you know, I don't, I, I can sit here and make assumptions as to why, but I learned how to care for people again. And the, the, I, the human element gave me a sense of purpose back. Fast forward to today where I got lucky enough to get an assignment where I get to teach younger people coming into this line of work. It gave me a sense of purpose again, teaching them the lessons that I, I wished I would have known at a very young age to maybe prevent them from maybe going down a road I went down. And it's uh, <clears throat> it's just it's giving me my life back. That's that's amazing. Um, you, you talk about getting that purpose back, and there's a lot of stuff that you said in there that we're probably going to dissect over the next few minutes. But um, what you've kind of just described is job redesign theory almost to a T. Um, and, and that's an incredibly normal thing that I think that we often overlook as something when we see ourselves starting to go down a path or if we have those questions or have those feelings of, um, you know, what's the point? Why am I doing this? Or I'm just going through the motions. That's, that's a mental cry to change something up because what's happening right now isn't working. And maybe um, the stress of everything else is, is kind of getting to you. And, and the reason for that is um, there's a, uh, a psychological theory out there. It's a conservation of resources. And essentially what that means is you only have the ability to deal with so many stressors at one time. And once you've dealt with them, um, you kind of lose those coping skills. And what tends to start happening, at least in, well, life and personally, you start to disengage. So you start yes. having um, what what's been now deemed as counter counterproductive work behaviors, which is, you know, undo socializing, gossiping, you start showing up late to work, you start not showing up at work, um, all these little things. And that's just on the organizational side, let alone what's happening on the life side, the personal side. Really? Um, so job dissatisfaction, it goes down this path and it's not a, it's not as big and scary as what I think sometimes we, we make it out to be in our minds. And I think that's the biggest thing to get out of this is that what you're feeling is normal and there are ways, small changes that we can implement and help you through those times and just kind of ease those resources back to where you can cope with other things more effectively and efficiently. And uh, like you said, Josh, get, get your purpose back. You know, you, you redesigned your entire career, whether you realize it or not. Um, you have a completely different mission now every day. It's not just going out stopping cars. It's not kicking in doors. It's building the future. And, yeah. and there's a lot to be said about that kind of design. Truly. And like I said, I mean, you know, going back when I got lucky enough to get, you know, where I'm assigned now, you know, the, the first training class I had, you know, when I, <clears throat> when I first got there, I was not in a good way. I did my best to conceal it, whether I did or not. You'd have to talk to my coworkers. But I was completely forthcoming with the, the kids coming through the program, you know, about, hey, th these are some things. And what I found <clears throat> is at the end, you know, I, I opened up to them and was straight up with them. And uh, I, I saw, at least for me personally, I saw huge progress in my healing. Uh, but it also, you know, now whether this is true or not, I don't know, but... Um, I just wanted to be real with the trainees, not not being somebody I wasn't. Like, hey, these th these are my personal deficiencies, and um, I, I tell you that those the classes that have come through have really, really aided me in, in digging myself out of the, the hole I was in. 
there are some really good uh, nuggets that I took out of uh, what Josh was saying. If you, if I may inter- interject. Yeah, absolutely. So he, you know, when he was talking about how he used to feel prior to, to, to move in positions, he kind of became, I don't want to say complacent, but he fell into the, like the, the wondering generality aspect where he's like, ah, I don't really know what's going on. Uh, I mean, it's okay, but we'll just kind of make it through the day. And then when he shifted to the new position, that's when he got that purposeful action back because he actually knew the mission. He knew what I needed to, what he needed to do. And it reminded me of the the fa- uh, famous, you guys remember Zig Ziglar, uh, when he <laughs> used to say, um, are you a wondering ge- generality or are you a meaningful specific? And that is what Josh explained is before when he lost sight of the mission, he felt depleted and the anxiety took over. As soon as he relocated uh, the mission, he felt very purposeful. And that's what helped him recover. Yeah, that, 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 that was huge, you know, for me. And like I said, you know, the whole career looking back, it's easy to see now um, where, you know, I had some really high peaks and some really, really low valleys. But, you know, there was a time when, you know, I was numb, I guess, for lack of a better term. You know, I could go to a funeral and absolutely felt nothing, no emotion, no and even in my own mind, I can think of one in particular case where I was like, you know, there's people I care for and they're really upset. But and I'm looking at them like, well, you know, what's wrong with me? Like, I want to feel something. But there was nothing there. Um, and foolishly, at that time, I thought, hey, I've made it. You know, everything that I've been wanting to attain, or, you know, I've just become I'm hard. And, and I wore that like a foolish badge of honor. Um, but. You know, I knew there was a problem. I just didn't have the courage to admit it, and I kept going down that path until, honestly, uh, I I tanked. Until I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't function day to day. It was just, it was bad. But you know, going where I'm at now, it's, uh, you know, if I'm fortunate enough to be able to stay there until I retire, it's, uh, it, it would save me. That's just the bottom line. It saved me and saved my career. Yeah, and that and that's awesome. And I think there's a lot of tie-ins between um, what your story is and other people. And a lot of people, you know, they kind of feel that same way, almost like that that lost, like you, you kind of described. Um, and you know, I know Jason, you kind of put it out there. You found the mission, and as soon as we find our mission, we're we're back. Um, and I'm going to read you a statistic out of a study that I came across in preparation for this. All right, so the quote from the study is. One million patients die every year due to nurse-patient-related errors globally, which are directly linked to job dissatisfaction. Wow. So I'm going to read that one more time just to make sure everyone got it. One million people every year lose their life due to nurse-patient-related errors, and that's globally, not just in the United States, worldwide. Um, but those errors are directly linked with job dissatisfaction. And I think... When we look at it, you know, that's a different industry, obviously, in law enforcement, but I, I think that's everywhere. We've all been at that point where we're just so distracted. We're not focused on what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this isn't me trying to pick on the healthcare industry by any stretch. This was just an article that came up uh, about two weeks ago. It was released. So it's it's fresh, and um, that's where we got that info. But I, I think it's the same everywhere. You you look at an industry to industry, people just don't perform as well when they're distracted by all of these stressors. And it goes back to that, you know, conservation of resources theory. 
we can't cope with too many things going on. So something's got to give. And if it's, if it's me having something on my mind, trying to process and cope with it, well, then obviously my work product's going to suffer. Mm-hmm. What's the true, and that's something, you know, you just threw out a statistic and this is a statistic. I don't think we could ever know how many marriages have been broken as a result of that. How many people have individually been broken mentally, psych- psychologically, emotionally as a result of that when maybe they just need, a six month. Hey, let, let's let's put this guy over here and let him recharge his batteries a little bit. Um, we, I, we it's easy in this field because we see so much bad that we, you know, like me, I got calloused over, and you forget the human side of things. And you know, when we take that into within our own peers, our coworkers, our superiors, or subordinates, you know. Are we compounding the issue? You know, and, and if you look at, we'll use law enforcement as an example with, you know, the relationships that we have right now, whether I agree or disagree that with the public right now, is this a contributing circumstance? You know, by if we're not taking care of each other, then how will we take care of the people that we're obligated to serve? Sure. And there's a lot of stress, especially, um, like you said, in the law enforcement industry right now, because there's a lot of outside stuff that just keeps coming in. You know, we are dealing with COVID and worrying about, am I going to pick this thing up while I'm out dealing with people and bring it back to my family? Or, um, you know, obviously the, uh, the sentiment towards law enforcement in general right now, isn't it the highest it's been in the in recent years? Um, there's a lot of things going on in corporate world about cross training just to keep people, um, kind of fresh mentally. And I know, um, a few departments, at least locally where, Everyone has to do a rotation at someone else's job within a uh, within reason. I mean, there's certain things that are very specialized, and it's a lot of training to get to it. But um, a lot of almost temporary stints here, and then you rotate back to your normal assignment. Um, and there's a lot of that that's going on, especially in corporate world, um, just to keep people fresh on that end of it. Well, a lot of it too is is tied to communication too. Is and understanding that communication is a two way street instead of leadership saying hey, here are the expectations, now execute. It's got to be, hey, I understand what the priorities are. However, this is how I believe we can help accomplish the mission from my perspective. So perspective comes into play too. And that's why communication is important. I think that's why Josh talked about that, is that they get stuck in a position for six months because nobody's talking. We're just making assumptions that, hey, he or she has everything they need, and why aren't they executing? When really, they just may have questions about, hey, what do I do to get over this hump? How can I help the organization grow? And what is it I can get from leadership uh, to help me produce better results if that is necessary? So you just brought up... um kind of circled it back around to what we started talking about, like what is stress and where does it come from? And essentially there's been a lot of money dumped into trying to figure this out because stress affects every aspect of our lives from work to home, school, whatever the case. But essentially where stress starts is anytime that there's a gap between what your expectation is versus what you see in reality. And that's a lot of times why the new guy is ready to just go out and do their job to the fullest because what they expect is what um, they're experiencing on the first day on the job. They don't know anything. So every day is a new challenge and they're learning and they go forward and um, things are great. But what happens over time is as you start mastering the basics of the job, if you're still doing the basics of the job and you're not learning new things, instead of becoming stagnant, we start to think of our career going in a different direction. And when it doesn't, 
there creates this gap and that's where stress starts to build and it's in you can see that in resources where you can see it in abilities um you know if i told you right now you have to go out and make me a pizza and I never gave you the recipe for dough or I never gave you dough itself, but expected this pizza, that's going to stress you out. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that's a very basic way of looking at things, but in reality, that's what stress is. It's just a gap between what you're experiencing and what your idea in your mind was. And I think once you start to go down that path of understanding, okay, if we break stress down to something as simple as that to understand, we can then start to um, maybe decode it a little bit and find what works for us. When I look at, you know, what stresses people out, um, especially in the industry that we work in with law enforcement or even just other frontline workers, you know, uh, fire, EMS, and, uh, healthcare, whatever the case may be, um, we talked about earlier finding purpose. And Jason, you brought up a huge point, which was communication. If I, as leadership, think that you have what you need, I'm hands off. I'm letting you do your thing. But the reality is, if I haven't given you everything and I just don't know it, now I'm creating stress on you. So mm -hmm. this is where I think creativity can start saving people um, or at least extending them out a little bit mentally and um, helping find a purpose again. Well, and I agree 110%. You know, how do we broad scale or even, you know, the people that are listening to this with their own individual, whether it's agency, department, you know, workplace, whatever it is, how do we small scale with, you know, Dave or you and I work or let's say, you know, where Jason works or where anybody else listening to their individual workplace, how, how, how do you affect that? And, you know, and I can look at my career where it's been, you know, I've had some very high peaks and I've also had some low valleys, um, you know, and I know those low valleys sometimes can be very difficult for those people to start, you know, pulling themselves out of. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, them, their family, they're ultimately going to be the ones to do it. So how do we, you know, with what we're doing here, how do we give them the tools to start? Because if they could work on themselves, you know, and hopefully that is contagious. You yeah, know what I mean? And, and it absolutely is. And I, I think the, the important thing is how closely related work health mentally uh, and your happiness is tied to life satisfaction. There's a huge connection there. We don't just turn it off. So if we can control what happens at work, that will and eventually bleed over into our personal lives. And, you know, you talked about saving marriages earlier, and that's a prime example of that. But I look at it like this. When we're dealing with public safety sector, we all joined because we had a mission in mind, and that was to help other people. Humans, whether we realize or not, are incredibly creative beings and mentally, we're just always going. And the problem with being so creative is that when things don't go our way, we can channel that creativity into negative um, manners. So uh, the goal here is to take that creativity and put it back towards something positive versus something destructive. So an example of destructive was what I posed in the beginning is that you hear people say, okay, um, I'm going to retire. And I'm going to leave as soon as I can. Um, that loyalty starts to go and we start focusing our energy towards leaving. Everything we're doing is putting into leaving. And what ends up happening is now we're just coming to work and going through the motions to make sure we get a paycheck. Mm -hmm. And that's no way to live. No, I think we can not. all agree that we were built for more. We were made for more and we have so much more potential than to just come through and do the motions. So what, I, and I've had this talk with a lot of people 
um, within our organization that have been going through a tough time. You, know, you sit down, you say, why did you join this job? And every one of them says, I joined because I thought I could help people. And what happens is sometimes we focus on things that we shouldn't, and it takes precedence in our lives. So mm-hmm. um, you start thinking about organizational things that you would do different if you were in in that position. And and there's no right or wrong. I mean, organizational right. leadership, it is what it is. I mean, we all have different styles of leading. We have different decision-making styles. So yes, every one of us would do it completely different than the guy that actually is in charge. And it's very easy to say when we don't have the burden of the consequence of that decision. Uh, but the reality is the guy that's in charge has the burden of the responsibility of that decision. So it, it's a matter of trying to retrain our brains, right? And look at, all right, what can I control that will make a difference? Mm-hmm. You know, not not sitting here complaining about, um, you know, we, we switched to this kind of shoes today and that just pissed me off. Like that's, that's not going to help us any, right? So let's go back and focus on what we can. You know, what helps us at my organization is we pretty much stay on a monthly basis and we dedicate, you know, an hour or two and we do professional development where we kind of push the areas of responsibility to the side and we focus on, hey, in professional development, how can we focus on this to make us operate more efficiently? And the reason why we do that is because it's based on the how we go, they go. In other words, how we function will the ripple effect, it'll continue to grow on how they Uh function because we can't help other organizations if we're not helping ourselves. Uh And that's why we incorporate a professional development. Well, and also making sure that we're recalibrating. Yeah. And in saying that, I think, you know, when when you're working at how you just described it, it's going to, people are going to invest because, you know, rather than one idea, you're working on it as a unit, as a team. So everybody's invested in, in the success of, you know, wh- whatever their particular mission is. If it's fire service or police work or, you know, ER, EMS, you know, everybody feels like, hey, you know, what I have to say based on my experiences or whatever has merit. So they're going to be more invested in, in to seeing a successful outcome. You, you, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, you're 100% correct. (laughs) Yeah. And I think a lot of it comes down to just being honest with one another and communicating. Um, And what ends up happening sometimes is our good ideas come off as complaints and nobody listens to complaints. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if there really is something they need to change, research it, put your time and energy into figuring out, okay, why did, how did we get here for one? Um, was there a good reason for making the decision that got us here? Because most likely there is, there's some factor that maybe we didn't think about that took us down this path. So if we need to alter something though, there's nothing wrong with researching it and approaching it from that way. Um, what gets lost is when we just become complaining. Yeah. yeah, Cause we know, I mean, not to get sidetracked with complaining, we know that is not solution-based and especially in your guys' uh, industry, it has to be solution-based. Because mm-hmm. solutions save lives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the uh, easiest tricks that I've told people to try to do to find their purpose again is whatever industry you're in, you join for a reason. And if you're in law enforcement, let's just say that um, you see a spike in crime, you know where all this stuff's occurring. So what's wrong with developing 
a program that you can implement with your shift, your department, um, that gives you some place to creatively put your time and energy into solving an actual problem and give you that purpose back. Don't just come in and just respond to calls. I mean, that's that's not working, right? That's that's just going through their motions. But once you can start looking and saying, okay. Um, I've noticed at two o'clock in the morning in this area, we've had um, this many break-ins. So we need to figure out a way to curb this and find who's responsible. Um, and when you start diving down into that mission-based approach, there's so many variables there. And once mm-hmm. you solve that problem, you just move to the next one. Um, that's a great way to kind of kickstart your energy back. And what happens, it's kind of like a, a domino effect because we talked earlier that somebody's stuck in a position because, okay, you have to do this for so long to perform before we can move you or promote you or whatever. Well, that's a great way to kind of um, hit two birds with one stone. Um, you know, you're starting to do solution-based, data-driven. You know, you're starting to think globally, like what resources do I need to fix this problem that I'm seeing? And the next thing you know, um, that turns into you solving up one problem, you move on to the next one, you've got your purpose back, you're a little bit happier. Um, job, job satisfaction starts to re-increase. You're back to buying into the agency. Things are getting happier at home. Um, and next thing you know, you're you're moving up the career ladder, if you will. It's you know, and all you know, the bottom line is this if the individual's healthy, the team will be healthy. If the team's healthy, the agency will be healthy, and the service that's provided to the people will ultimately be of higher quality. Absolutely. And that's really what it's about. You know, it's remembering why you started and refocusing on getting back to doing exactly what you set out to do, you know, however many years ago it was that you came on um, and helping get your mental resources back, um, pouring your creativity into something positive. I know just through the work with Frontline Freedom, that's reinvigorated me to a whole new level just because I feel, you know, similar to you, Josh, going back um, is an instructing role. I mean, it gives me some place to put my time and energy in a healthy manner. And I'm not, you know, sitting around thinking about all the things I would change in the world. I'm actually doing change rather than wishing for change. Well, it boils back to, I think, you know, as human beings, we're hardwired to help others, to help other human beings, to help, you know, in whatever capacity we can, which, you know, when you talk about frontline workers, I think that was a draw for many people, you know, and we'd be naive to say some aren't drawn for the excitement or the adventure or, you know, any of these other, but, you know, the, the bottom line is this, when people lose that, they lose themselves. And I, I'm, I'm a prime example of that, you know, whether you let the job, you know, force you to become calloused over where you lose empathy and compassion and, you, and you, you forget how to feel. But then you find the simple things in life like, hey, this dude's you know got a flat tire and you pull over and help him change the tire. And you find the joy in that because it, it's a positive interaction. You know what I mean? And it just you just keep building on those little things until, I mean, it's like when we go backpacking. I mean, to get from point A to point B, you just got to take one little step at a time and eventually when you look at the overall picture, you've walked 50 miles or, you know, whatever it is, and they kind of go hand in hand. Absolutely. And that's a great way to look at it. Um, You know, everything is one step at a time. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, I lost my brother to suicide last year and my, my dad um, probably a week after was questioning how he was going to go on about his life. And I said the exact same thing. You know, I said, you're going to hang your feet over the bed in the morning. You're going to put them on the carpet and you're going to take your first step. And then from there, you're just going to repeat, and repeat and repeat and you'll get through it. Um, yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of what we do. And, you know, tie that into getting out into 
um, backpacking everything like we do with frontline freedom. It's, it's not always that you're in a crisis and that's why you need to come out. That's not what it is. It's not crisis right. mode. Let's do what we can. It's maybe I just need some mental decompression time and let's Absolutely. just hit that reset button. Yeah. And that's, you know, in, you know, if there's one thing that, that I could tell people based on my experiences is don't wait, you know, you can, you can run for a day or five years or 10 years, you know, but, but in time you're going to fatigue and you're going to get tired. And the, the problem is with, with this type of, when we're talking about mental health and emotional health, it, it doesn't stop. It's relentless until you turn to face it. It, uh, it doesn't stop coming. So in time, you know, my feeling is it, it will catch you. But if you're taking that preventative, like, hey, you know, you just, you don't feel as, um, you don't have that sense of purpose like you did in your first two or three years on the job. Man, apply to come out. Let us help you. Or, you, you know, for me, I hit a big rut between, you know, five and seven years. You know, man, call us. Come out. Apply. We'll get you outside. You know, Absolutely. and just uh, just don't wait. And, you know, the one thing I learned through mine, and, and it took me several years to figure this out. And if somebody would have told me very early on when I hit rock bottom, you just have to have purpose. Whatever that purpose is for you, um, you know, it, it could be anything. But you have to find what it is for you. And once you've established that purpose, getting up day to day is easy. You know what I mean? You just have to have that one thing that motivates you to keep pushing forward. And that it's not easy to do. Um, it took me a long time to figure out what that is. And honestly, I was fortunate enough. It, it kind of got handed to me by, you know, being assigned where I'm at now. And that's when I start learning it. But if that's the one thing I could tell people, you have to find purpose again. And, you know, let us help you try to find that. You know, hopefully somebody picks up on some things and it helps, you know, resonate with their story. Because like we said before, everybody's got a story and it matters. And that just know that you're not the only one. And there is help and resources out there for you.